morning. Good morning. This is a kind of a bittersweet day in the sense that we've been uh, in these small groups here at South City, and this is the last one of the second book. And so it's just been neat. I hope that you've enjoyed getting to know each other a little bit better. Has that been a good thing for you, kind of getting to know some more folks? And that's been uh, beautiful. I'll tell you what, I love walking from my office every Sunday morning when you guys are releasing from your groups and just seeing your love on each other. Just as, as Brother Jerry was saying, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and it's, uh, it's been a wonderful thing for us to learn a little bit more about what it means to be the body of Christ together, the family of God. So I want us to read something this morning before we get started here. Um, we've read it several times, and we're going to read it several more times in the years to come. And uh, I just love how it's both descriptive of what God was doing in the church. By the way, today is Pentecost Sunday. And we're going to read this text from the original Pentecost Sunday. Um, but it's, all, it's both descriptive in what God was doing in the church, in the early church, but it's also prescriptive in who we can be as the church. So would you read this with me? This is Acts 2, verse 41 to 47. It says this, so those who received his word, speaking of Peter, he's preaching here after the Holy Spirit has come, uh, after they received his word, were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, the breaking uh, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I love that text. It is without, it is definitely one of my favorite texts in, in the whole of Scripture uh, because the blueprint that it gives us of who we can be as a church. And it's not easy, right? And as many of you have realized in the last several weeks, uh, for 12 weeks since the beginning of the year, we've gone through these small groups and we've taken our service time to say, this is important enough for us to get this common language together. It's important enough for us to really think about what does Scripture say about being a disciple of Jesus? And what does Scripture say about being the church? Because those two go hand in hand. And this has just been a beautiful, a beautiful season for us, and yet we come back to the truth of this scripture of what is the church? Beautiful example of it. So many of you know that we've been kind of dismantling some very strongly held beliefs about what it means to be a disciple. And we've been dismantling some very strongly held beliefs about what the church is. And I wouldn't say they're new ideas, I'd say they're old ideas. We've gone back to scripture to say, what does it really mean to be a Christ follower? And what does it really mean to be the church? They're not new ideas, they're old ideas. And we're trying to resurrect from this kind of text and from uh, the whole of Scripture, especially the New Testament, of what God has given us as His design for the church. Uh, it's not just new ideas, it's actually a new paradigm. Right? This is a paradigm shift. What is a paradigm? Let's look at it. A paradigm is a standard perspective or set of ideas. A paradigm is a way of looking at something. When you change paradigms, you're changing the way you think about something. 
You see, many American Christians, when you talk about what does it mean to be a Christian, many of them would say, well, if I call myself a Christian, that means I'm a Christian. No. Uh, if I have some conservative beliefs, that must mean I'm a Christian. No, not necessarily. If I just go to church, then I'm probably a Christian. If I'm a good person, if my family has been known to go to church, then that must make me a Christian. Right? No, not necessarily. We, in, especially in the first principle study, and as we've been talking through this conversation really for about a year and a half now, we understand that the biblical truth of what it means to be a Christ follower is this. I believe the gospel of Jesus. I believe and want to live out in the gospel of Jesus. And what does that mean? It means in the prophecies of who he is and who he was, that he was coming, his sinless life, his sacrificial death, his victorious resurrection. What that means for us, we live in that. It means I want to be baptized because I want to be obedient to the command of Scripture. But not just be baptized in obedience, I want to be a part of a family. And as I'm baptized, I'm becoming a part of a family. Look at that, at that text again, right? It says that there were many who received the word and they were baptized. And it says they were added that day to the family, about 3,000. Somebody's taking notes. Somebody's saying this is serious enough that we need to know that that guy right there is chose, choosing to be baptized. Uh, that lady right there, that family right there, they're wanting to be Christ followers. This is the church. We are the family. We understand that as biblical Christ followers, we're part of a family, we're baptized into that family, but it also speaks to what Jesus was saying is what a disciple is, right? Jesus said, if you're going to be a disciple, you need to understand that you have to deny yourself. You have to die to yourself. That there's a, there's a part of life where we have to understand that this is not good for me. I need to be dead to this old life that was what I lived and alive to the new life Christ wants me to live. And I need to take up this cross daily. Every single day, I need to follow Christ. Every single day, I need to have that identity of who I am in him and in his family. We talked about uh, from Romans 12, what does it mean to instead of being conformed to this world, and listen, it's very easy to be conformed to this world. In marketing and movies and television show, everybody's got their opinions of who we should be. But we can't just be conformed to what this world wants us to be. Romans 12 says we've got to be transformed into the image of Jesus. And we're going to do that by renewing our minds, right? That's what it means to be a Christ follower. It means we're learning to serve and love one another. Even though there's this mystery of difference and diversity, age and, and style and preference and culture, it's a mystery, yet we are called to love and serve one another as Christ has loved and served us. As a Christ follower, it means we're going to be obedient to advance the gospel of Jesus to the world, right? Across the street and around the world. For many of us, our understanding of the church has even been uh, challenged, I guess, you know? What is church? We were talking about it this morning. In church, you show up at 11 o'clock and you have the announcements and you sing some songs and a guy speaks and, and you have some things, you have some services. And isn't that the church? Well, how do we define the church? We define it through scripture, right? But a lot of American Christians think the church is, uh, they think it's a building. They think it's a place that you just, you come and, and, you know, a lot of churches and a lot of people, and we've probably all been guilty of this. We want to show up and pretend that none of us have problems, None of us are walking through real stuff. 
None of us are dealing with the real issues in our lives, but the reality is we all are. So if we can just drop the mask and drop the pretending and say, this is who I am. I'm broken and I'm in desperate need of Jesus and his mercy and his people. Some of us think that we can treat our faith like just a Sunday sort of a thing. I did this for a long time. Or if I just show up and look the part on a Sunday, and maybe if I'm pretty good on Sunday, the rest of the week won't matter quite as much. I can just be mine. I can just live the way I want to live the rest of the week. But we know that's not the truth, and yet sometimes that's how we live. We make Sunday this holy day when God will not be relegated to a little tiny building in a couple of hours in a week, will he? He wants every building. He wants every hour. He wants every second. He wants everything. And that's the only thing he'll take. Church on Sunday mornings, maybe for some of us, is where we can just kind of mark off our list. Okay, I got God marked off on my list. But he wants everything on the list. Many people think that church is a place where we can meet with people like us. As long as I can be around people that are like me, then I'm I'm good to go. And I want to be around people that I like. And yet Paul speaks of this mystery in Ephesians 2, 3. No, that's not what it is. And the reality is there are walls built up. We see them, we feel them everywhere. And I, I would even say in our country right now, there's more walls than I've seen in a long time. And yet Christ has torn down the dividing wall, right? So that we can come together as one, as one, unified as believers in Jesus. What is a church? Is it a place where I can get my needs met? It's a place where I can receive what I want to receive the way I feel like I need it and I like it. And if I don't, then I'll just leave. That's not the church. Because the thing we've learned is that the church is a family. You don't just walk out on a family. You wrestle with family. You talk with family. You surrender to family. You love family. You help family. This is the family of God. What we've been talking about is that the church is, number one, it's, it's God's. It's his church, right? It's not my church. It's not your church. This is Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is his church, and it's his design. It's his plan. He's laid out in his word what he wants the church to be, how it's supposed to work, how things are supposed to to function together. It's not just some organization that we're going to come to or an event to attend. It's not. It's a family to belong to. We've talked about the reality that if we can all live in the roles that God has given us in our individual families, if we can follow these roles that he's given us to play, and we can play them according to the word of God, humility, obedience to to Jesus' design for the family, our families might work. And if we can function in the church or in God's family in these roles, the way he's designed, then guess what? Maybe the church will work. The family will work. The family of God will work. Our communities will work. Can't you just feel it? Can't you feel it in your soul when you begin to see? I I felt it this morning. I'm walking through and I'm seeing some of our kids. My brother over here, Tawan, brings eight or ten kids every Sunday from his apartment complex. He's our minister of hugs. 
I told him, don't you ever stop it either. He brings all these kids, and I watched uh, Tim Helm come out of the, the building over there, and I watched these kids bum-rush Tim, and they're all hugging Uncle Tim, right? And it was beautiful Grandpa Tim. Yeah, that's more like it. But it was absolutely a beautiful scene. And you know what? I felt something in my soul that was deeper than what I was watching. Something that was right. It was us loving each other. It was us being family together. It wasn't about an event to attend. It was about a relationship we're building. That's the church. For those of us that have been studying these first principle books, we know it's God's design. We know it's a family to walk life with. It's not just some organization or an event. And last week we talked about the fact that we all have responsibility. We all have a responsibility to live in such a way that we honor God and we honor the family we're a part of. And when we do that, things work. And we can be a blessing. We can be a blessing. We haven't just added some new ideas, friends. We've changed the paradigm. I hope we've changed the paradigm. I hope that when you think about, so what is a disciple of Jesus? I hope in your mind you have a whole list of things that are, that are maybe old or new to you. That you can put up against your own life and go, is, is that me? Am I a disciple of Jesus? And when you think, hey, what is the church? And what's going to be the kind of church that I'm going to choose to be a part of? That I'm going to choose to serve in? And I'm going to choose to be family with because that's what a church is. That you'll have a whole new list as you can go, yeah, are they doing that? Is this important to them? We've changed the paradigm. And in doing so, we developed these small groups, these first principle groups where we could be intentional about the conversations that we're having about discipleship and what the church really is. Learning to truly care for one another's needs and encourage one another that we might become more like Christ together. It's the design of the church. You know, here on, on our campus, we've had these small groups all over our campus. And it's been wonderful. And it's been really neat to see these rooms used again, you know. It's been, it's been great. It's been a good thing. Uh, but our desire, listen, as a church, as elders, as leadership, our desire is not just that we come together for a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. Our desire is that we can care for each other and walk life together every day. That we're not just the church right here, 10710 I-30. This isn't the church, you are. So let's get out in the world and be the church. So this is what it's going to look like. We've been doing these groups on Sunday mornings, and uh, we want these groups to move out of here and into the world. We want these groups to move all over the city. Did you know we have people who come from Pine Bluff to come to our church? Do you know we have people coming from Hot Springs to be a part of our church? We have people sitting in this room coming from Conway to be a part of our church, from Arkadelphia to be a part of our church. We have people coming from all over central Arkansas, Sherwood. It's so interesting to look at a map of where you all live because it's all over the place. And it helped us to understand we truly are a central Arkansas church. God forbid that we just bring it into this little space 
and we don't let the light shine to the world around us, to the community around us that so needs this gospel of Jesus. So how do we do that? We take these groups, we take them, we put them in our homes, because I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there's not a whole lot of lost people walking onto our campus. Not a whole lot of lost people walking into our small groups going, hey, I'd like to know Jesus. But guess where they are? They're next door to you. They're at the grocery store. They sit next to you at work. We need to be the body of Christ. We need to be the disciples he wants us to be and make the disciples he's calling us to make wherever we live, as we go. We're going to do that through small groups all over the city. All over the city. These groups are going to meet in different areas around the city. We've got a handout. If you haven't received it, it's on the back table. You can see on the screen here some of the groups and, and where they meet. This is going to be literally all over central Arkansas. Uh, these groups, they're going to meet on different days of the week. They're going to meet at different times. So I would say, depending on the group you've been a part of, find out where your group's meeting, when they're meeting, what day of the week, Okay. Check in with your small group leader, and they're going to be emailing you and calling you and caring for you in that way. And listen, some of you may think, well, I've been in this group, and I guess I'm supposed to stay in that group forever until Jesus comes back. No. <laughs> you can be in any group you want to be. Any group you want to be in, we'd love for you to try any of these groups. And guess what? We, we want our groups to be diverse. The ideal is that our groups would have all ages and on all walks of life and all cultures represented in our groups. So feel free to try any of these groups anywhere in the city as you feel led to do that. And that's the reason we've given you this handout so that you can get a, get a sense of where they are, who the group leaders are, uh, what the group leaders are like, what time they meet, where they meet. Feel free to do that. You can try literally any group that you want to try. One thing that you need to know that's kind of a change for us is because of our desire to move into the city, our desire to have groups represented all over the city, we're not gonna do small groups here on Sunday morning anymore. We're not gonna do Sunday school here at South City anymore. The purpose is we want our Sunday morning experience to be based in worship together and praying for worship together. And so our, the thing you need to know about Sunday mornings is 10.30. We're gonna do worship at 10.30. It's gonna be, it's gonna be wonderful. Next Sunday is the first Sunday back after these small groups where we're coming back together. Many of you know people who've kind of been hanging out waiting because they, they didn't either want to be a part of a small group or they just didn't know what that'd be like. And some of you have been kind of waiting on sharing, hey, come to South City. Well, you might want to wait two weeks because we're, I know, yeah, I know you've been doing it. It's okay. So next Sunday is the Sunday, okay? It's okay. Invite, invite the world. Let's have them here at 1030. But what this is going to allow us to do by not having other groups meeting before service it allows us to connect with our leaders, our small group leaders, and say, how's the week going? How can we pray for you? What are issues that we need to know about? How can we be a blessing to you? How can we resource you? And so it's going to allow these leaders and all of us together to come together and pray. 9.45, our small group leaders will come together, and we're going to pray for you and pray for the service coming up. And then they'll be finished in time to welcome you when you come in and care for you and serve in other areas of our church is going to be a really good thing. Now listen, some of you are going, okay, well that's great for many of you, but I don't like to drive at night. Some of our legacy folks are going, where am I supposed to go because I don't like to drive at night and I'm not going to drive to Sherwood. It's okay. What we've tried to do, by the way, we want you to know that we want you to connect with each other more than you have, not less. 
We want you to have more time together, more fellowship together, not less. So what we've done is we've, we've asked some very special people from our legacy group to form sort of a legacy leadership team. Uh, we've asked Miss Ellen, Miss Glenna, Miss Sue, George Benham, um, Brother Jerry, Miss Judy Johnson. They're going to lead up this leadership team. And we've asked them to kind of develop a small group or a time of Bible study and fellowship on Wednesday mornings. So you're used to coming out here for maybe a legacy lunch once a month. Well, we're going to have something for you every single week. Wednesdays at 10 a.m., there's going to be Bible studies, small groups, fellowship time. And so we hope that that will give you more time together, not less, okay? So if you can't do us an evening group wherever in the city, this would be a great way for you to connect with the church and be involved in that way. But let me just encourage you as we close, listen, be involved with a group. Get involved in a group, whether it's in a home whether it's here at the church, we have some groups that meet on Wednesday nights or other times here at the church, or whether it's, Sunday, uh, or whether it's Wednesday morning here at the church. Be involved in a group somewhere. It's so important. Listen, if, if you just come to Sunday mornings alone, if that's all you do, hear me say this very clearly, that's not enough. It's not enough to be the disciple God wants you to be. It's not enough. You need to walk life with other people. And so that's why we're creating these groups all over the place where you live and trying to give opportunities for you to connect with these groups. By the way, you can't be a partner at South City Church and not be a part of one of these groups. That's how important it is to us because God has called us to shepherd your lives, to shepherd you. And we need to know that our people are becoming disciples in Jesus. And the only way they can do that is when they walk life together. So get involved in one of these groups. That's why we've made this flyer for you to look at and jump into one of those as soon as possible. All right, I'm going to turn the corner just for a second here before we go. Many of you remember a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned uh, the new elders that were coming in. Remember that? I just kind of said it in passing. I want it to be a little more official this morning. I want to put these, these men there. I want to put their faces up on the screen. Uh, well, that's the old group of elders, yes. And we are thankful for all that group. Do you have the other three individuals? Just so we can be real clear so everybody knows who they are. This is Jeff Franks. We love Jeff. Go ahead and let's show the next one here. This is Justin Elrod. We love Justin. We're so thankful for these guys. And then the last one here is D. Brown. Thankful for D. Yeah, let's give him a hand. Now, the thing you need to remember about this is you recommended these guys to us. We asked for elder recommendations and you gave us the names of these men. So then what we did is we, we took all the names that were recommended. We had six or seven. We took it to that big group of elders and said, hey, guys, can we pray about who we feel like the Lord's leading us to, to be the next three? And the Lord led us to these three men, okay? We feel very strongly about these three men. They've been in process with us in the elder board for months. We've been getting to know them. They've been getting to know us and kind of how this, this whole system works. And what we're going to do in two weeks from this morning, on June 3rd, we're going to commission those elders to be official elders of South City Church. Of course, Brother Jerry and myself are also elders, so that'd be five of us total. But what we want you to do is this. In two weeks, we commission them. So we want to give you two weeks. If, there's, if you know anything that you feel is a scriptural concern for any of these men, we, would, we want to know that. Come talk to me or Brother Jerry and say, hey, this is something I feel is a, a concern, a scriptural concern. I don't think they fit this role. We're going to give you two weeks to do that, okay? We want to hear from you. If you feel any way 
about these men, we want to be able to vet that further. We've been vetting them for months. But if you have something in your heart or your mind that you feel is something that would keep them from serving well as elders, we want to give you those two weeks to do that, okay? And then on the third is going to be a very special day as we commission them and pray over them. All right, now the last thing here before we go. These next three Sundays are very important. They are very important for South City Church. Let me tell you why. Next Sunday, well, we've written a covenant. The elders have written a covenant for our church. And we're going to spend the next three Sundays talking about what that means as a covenant. May 27th, next Sunday, we're going to, I'm going to preach on what is covenant? Where do we see examples of that in Scripture? Why do we need a covenant? What is expected in a covenant? We're going to talk through all those things over the next three weeks. Okay, so May 27th, what is a covenant? May, uh, June 3rd, what do elders do? Why do we need elders? We'll talk through that as I preach through that, and then we're going to commission those three elders. June 10th, what does it mean to be a partner of South City Church? What does, that, what does that look like? What can we expect of you as partners? And then this is, listen, very special. Put this on your calendar right now. Try to not miss this, if at all possible. June 10th in the evening, we're going to have our covenant service. This will be a time where we come together and we take the Lord's Supper together. We worship together. We pray together. And we covenant with God and each other to be the family of God that he wants us to be. June 17th, we start our summer series in Acts. Uh, we're starting around the, uh, chapter 6, I think, is where we left off there. And we'll do 10 weeks in the book of Acts. It's going to be a wonderful series to talk through that. And, of course, August 26th, uh, 26, we'll start our new fall series. So that's kind of what's happening. Some of you are kind of wondering what's going on, and that'll be the plan. Well, I know I'm over here. Uh, listen, I sure do love you folks. I appreciate you, and I, I'm so thankful for all God is doing. Uh, if you have questions or thoughts, feel free to call us. Give me a call. Email me. Come by the office, or I'll come by wherever you want me to come by, and we'll connect if I can help answer some things. As we leave this morning, let me bring your attention to a couple of things before we go. We're so excited to have Charles and Joyce Sullivan in the house today. We love y'all. Uh, Charles and Joyce served here at Temple as music and worship ministers for years, and uh, he is a prince of a man, and I, I love him very much. I love them both, uh, love their family. Just so thankful for the way you served here and the way you continue to serve the body of Christ in Texas now, and you've served, for how many years have you been a minister, Brother Charles? 40 years. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. And before we go, if you've graduated from something, would you stand up? Fifth grade, twelfth grade, uh, army school. Yes. Awesome. Hey, congratulate these folks today, okay? They worked hard. We also have Depali, uh, who's a part of our church. She just graduated with her doctorate in pharmacy. So that's a bit from, from fifth grade to that, you know, it's kind of a big deal. So we want to celebrate all of our folks that have been working so hard. And then uh, lastly, we want to celebrate one last thing. Um, Pastor Jerry's birthday is today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sing this with me. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, Pastor Jerry.
Happy birthday to you. Twenty-nine again, which is exceptional. <laughs> so we're, we love you very, very much. Can I pray over us? Father God, you're so kind. This is your family that you've invited us into. Thank you, Lord, for the community that we get to share and experience. Thank you for the life you've given us in you and the life we get to walk out with each other. God, give us courage to walk in the truths of who you are and who we are in you and who we need to be gathered together with as the family of God. Lord, help these next three weeks to be serious conversations about what it means to be a committed group of people to you and to each other. Thank you for your kindness, your blessings. Thank you for your grace, God. We, we pray that you would lead us now and you would keep us safe, bring us back together in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. God's people said, amen. amen. Have a great Sunday.